Tiger fans, welcome to another episode of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club special edition episode, Celebration Bowl episode. Of course, we bring you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love Jackson State University. And of course, this is an exciting, exciting time for HBCU football, the annual Celebration Bowl. Jackson State will be squaring off against North Carolina Central and coming on the show today to tell us all about this ball club. This is a very, very special guest. He actually does radio play-by-play for North Carolina Central. He is none other than Jonathan Duran. Welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Hey, Clay. Thanks for having me. All right. It is it is a pleasure. So we're excited about this game. I know you guys are. We're, we're definitely looking to learn a little bit about the team for our viewers, our listeners who are, are familiar with this team, but a nine and two ball club. So we know we have our hands full. Of course, Jackson State's 12 and 0. So you guys have your hands full as well, but it should be a, a battle for the ages. Uh, Jackson State has a bad taste in our mouths from last season. I'm pretty sure you're well aware of it. Uh, but this team uniquely, and this happens with when we get to the Celebration Bowl because of the SWAC championship game, the layoff that you have on your side without having a conference championship. So by the time the game starts, NC Central won't have played a game essentially in a month, right? So how antsy are right. those guys to get back out there? Uh, you know what? I don't think they're too antsy, but of okay. course, if you uh, if you listen to the uh, the press conference from earlier this week and hear from Coach Oliver, and uh, we had Davius Richard on as well, and talking about you know you, you get tired of seeing the same people and and blocking the same people and throwing the uh, and you know defending the same people over and over, and you start to get ready to to go out and play somebody else. So I think they're at that point, um, but you know they're keeping their heads down and staying with it and getting ready for the game. Yeah. Now, some coaches, they don't even like having a bye week with one week off <laughs> before the next game, especially if their team is clicking. But of course, it helps in terms of, you know, resting up and uh, most importantly, getting healthy. So where do you stand on that debate in terms of uh, is it good to have this much time off for the rest and, and obviously healing up? How are you guys injury wise or or do you feel like that could be a potential issue because the team could come out rusty if they haven't played in so long? Yeah, I don't have any concerns about them coming out rusty. I mean, they've been able to be locked in all year long. Um, but, you know, talking about the bye week, I mean, we didn't have our bye week until week six, okay. right? Uh, we started with A&T in the, uh, the, uh, the Dukes-Mayo Classic, and then um, we come home for a game against um, uh, Winston-Salem State. Then we go to New Hampshire – come back home for VU Lynchburg, go to Campbell. And then uh, we have, then I think we went right into conference play. We went into our first conference game and then we had our bye week. So, you know, they've been used to being out there and playing many games in a row. So I think being able to have the time to be able to rest and get guys healed up has been actually pretty good for them. Okay. And looking at that schedule, the one common opponent between the two teams is Cam Campbell which JSU beat 22 to 14 on our homecoming and uh, North Carolina for uh, North Carolina central, of course, took an early season loss 48 to 14. That was a game that a lot of Jackson state folks were tuned into, not necessarily to see NCCU, but mainly to see Campbell, 
a team that many felt was the toughest opponent on our schedule, uh, not knowing that we would face NCCU later on in the Celebration Bowl, but we got a glimpse uh, of you guys. So, uh, of course, uh, that game didn't go how you wanted it to go, but you rebounded from it quite nicely, winning five out of the last six, the only loss coming by two points to South Carolina State. So how has the team grown and improved since that game? You know, it's been – it's it's really funny because you know I sit down I talk with the coaches every week I talk to Coach Oliver I talk to uh, offensive coordinator Matt Leone and I talk to defensive coordinator Courtney Cord and it's usually a very similar answer every week when I talk about you know how's the team growing and you know they the it's been impressive the fact that the answer hasn't really changed which just shows how consistent and how steady that this team has been they go out there with the same mindset every week on defense and coach court always talks about, we always want to win one. We want to go out there. We want to win one. We want to win that play. We want to want to win that down. And just having that same locked in mentality all year long has been able to show, you know, the fact that they started off what four and oh, just showing that, you know, this team that can go out and be consistent and, you know, be locked in every single game and, you know, but the buzz coming in for North Carolina Central getting ranked and everything, you know, every week the um, the reporters would ask the players, you know, how do you stay locked in um, when you get you have all this buzz? And, you know, uh, Jay Walker and Tiffany Green are on campus. It's a Thursday night game. You know, how do you stay locked in? And Davius Richard um, pretty late in the season said, you know, I, I don't think we have to answer this question anymore, more or less to, to, to paraphrase him, not to say exactly what he said, but to, to paraphrase him and say, you know, we've, we've already proven what we can do on the field. So, mm -hmm. I mean, this team, this is a team that's out here on a mission. They're locked in, they play for each other and they support each other. And it's been really fun to watch. All right. And you've talked about your quarterback a couple of times already. I, I was wondering how long would it be before his name came up? It has already been <laughs> twice. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. This offense first yeah, and foremost, uh, averaging 38.8 points a game. But your quarterback, I mean, a phenomenon, tw uh, close to 2,500 yards, 24 TDs, uh, 10 interceptions. So he, he passed the test from a, a number standpoint, 63% completion percentage. And he's perhaps the best we've seen all season from in terms of the quarterback. So introduce your quarterback officially to our viewers, our fans who haven't been keeping up in, uh, but specifically tell us what makes him so special. I mean, for Davius Richard, um, the nickname you might hear from him and one that's kind of really been shed just by the way that he's played over the last few years. Um, he came onto campus as a true freshman 2019 with the nickname Peewee, right? There's a nickname that he got from his mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you'll hear some teammates who call him Peewee, but we don't call him Peewee anymore. I mean, you go okay. out there, you watch him run and scramble out there. He puts his shoulder down. He'll run into guys and run through guys. I mean, he'll, he takes, he totes the rock like in Cam Newton style out there. He's not afraid of contact and he's not afraid to spread the ball around either. I mean, he's able to throw the ball over to seven, eight different receivers, get completions to all of them, and he can get it done in the pocket. And he's not afraid to stay in the pocket and to make a pass when the pressure's coming in. And when the pressure is coming in, he can take it and run with it. I mean, he ran for what, 140. Uh, what 120 one game I think if I'm remembering correctly um, has some games where he's generated over 300 yards of total offense by himself both running and passing and the fact that he's already gotten his degree and you know he's wow. a he's a junior on the field um, but you know the COVID year you have an extra year in the classroom 
mm-hmm. but he he's uh he's got his degree he graduated um with the winter commencement here and this is a quarterback here that he can have his name listed in the same range as Air Harvey in the CIAA Hall of Fame Earl Harvey Malcolm Bell who was the quarterback for the Eagles the last yeah. time we were in the celebration oh, bowl and him also so the fact that he's just been he's a great team guy he's a great leader he's a great guy to know and he's just been fantastic for this program awesome awesome and uh we are very familiar some some of us are very familiar with that name malcolm bell he uh his uh offensive coordinator at the time we talked go talk about last time you were in celebration bowl was tc taylor a name that may sound familiar mm-hmm. to you he's been on the staff for a couple years but uh, as of today he's officially the next head coach at, at jackson state university replacing Deion sanders right coming behind Deion sanders so we're excited for him he's excited about not only uh being our coach but the celebration bowl against his former team. So I'm pretty sure some, there's still some, uh, some of the same people working over there from back when he was there. Cause it was only a few years back when he was there. So that would definitely yeah. be a reunion of sorts. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Now, the, the celebration bowl is just so special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we, we talk about your quarterback. We know how special he is. Uh, he doesn't get it done alone uh, from a ground standpoint. This ball club really gets it done over 200 yards per game on the ground led by Latrell Collier. He, he seems to be the top running back just under 900 yards on the season, 5.5 yards a carry. So talk about that rushing attack. Talk about Collier and anyone else that we may need to look out for. Well, I mean, here's the thing you hear from coach Oliver, you hear from coach Leone, and even on defense, they always make a point about this. Everything stops. Everything starts up front. Coach mm-hmm. Oliver hammers on the fact that we have to stop the run. And as far as needing to stop the run, also need to dominate the run. So it's not just the fact that, yes, we're able to, to run the ball pretty well, as you mentioned, over 200 yards per game on the ground. That doesn't happen without the offensive line up front, which has been rated as one of the best offensive lines within college football. I mean, we got Robert Mitchell, the offensive lineman of the year, um, 63 pancakes this year, and he was not responsible for a single sack, right? So if you got guys up there in front that can be able to push and dominate up at the front and establish their run game, then you can get Mookie Collier in the backfield. You can get um, was it Jamari Taylor in the backfield. You can get... Um, I mean, we have four different running backs that you're going to see back there, uh, and they're all going to be running the ball. You got uh, Mookie, Jamari Taylor, Chris Mosley, and uh, Josh Pullen. You'll see all of them, and all of them can go out there and get the job done because of how good this offensive line has been. All right. And from a wide receiver standpoint, you know, we look at the numbers uh, of your of your quarterback, of course. Uh, but if you look at the wide receiver, I don't see anyone who really stands. I mean, some good wide receivers, don't get me wrong. E.J. Hicks seems to be a big play guy. But from a reception standpoint, number of receptions, you don't see the 50 reception guy. You don't see the, the 70, 80 reception guy. It's so balanced. As I look down the list, 30 receptions, 34, 15. 21, 25, 27 coming from Latrell Collier out of the backfield. So let's talk about that unit and how you guys like to spread it around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. I think isn't afraid, afraid to, to swing the ball to whoever is open. open. Like, you know, like, you, have you have some, some offenses, offenses where they have to have, have one guy, guy 
the Randy Moss kind of guy, and you look at them and say, all right, you already know that he's going to get the ball. For us, we can spread the ball out, get the ball to the outside side, while Davis with Andrew Smith going to get a slot spot, Devin Smith, E.J. Hicks, and even with the tight ends as well, with Kyle Morgan and... Absolutely, absolutely. And from a defensive standpoint, uh, you had three players on the preseason all-conference team only giving up 20 points per game. So talk about that defensive unit, some names that we can expect to hear called the time. I mean, I mean, first and first foremost, foremost, we got to look at uh, Khalil Baker, um, who, who started, started the season by picking off a pass in each, in of, the each of the first three games. games. Right, right. Like, like KB was, was insane, and Miak defensive player of the year. So this is the second time in league history that the offensive, defensive, and offensive alignment of the year all came from the same school, and the coach of the year all came from the same school. And that's dating back to, to Hampton back in 2006. And you remember how good those Pirates were back in the early 2000s. Um, but, I mean, Khalil Baker is one of the, the best guys back there. And this, this defense I mean I mean what can you say about them? They're so good at getting pressure up at the front and then just in coverage with Brandon Codrington and Khalil Baker back there and Jakai Brevard and Max Uren he's just been huge in the middle of the field. I mean everybody knows their goals, knows their parts to play and they do it well. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Coach Trey Oliver. We definitely have to talk about him before we let you go. Just a, a name that's, uh, you know, just resonating throughout the HBCU uh, ranks and community in terms of uh, the job that he's done. So talk about this team, the difference between this ball club versus last season and what has uh, been the biggest change and how he's gotten this ball club to be so much better. So I know this is going to sound odd to you, but I'm going to tell you that I don't think there was a lot of difference between this year's team and last year's team, okay. right? You might look at the record and say that this team, you know, didn't, wasn't as good as this year's team, but I think it was the same team. Just for the last, at the tail end of the season, won three games in a row. We start this year with a big win over North Carolina A&T, our rival mm-hmm. at the Dukes Mayo Classic. And I think finally getting over the hump against A&T for the first time in six years, the players are like, oh man, we can go out here and we can play. And just, I think the one thing that was missing for them was just the confidence and being able to go out there as a confident team and playing hard, tough, and together has been one of the major changes for them. And being able to be a confident team and realizing that, hey, we can go out here and play and, you know, not losing that focus all season long, coming out and executing every single, every single play, every single, practice the same way, the same day, every day, every time. Being able to do that, I think, has been the key to their success. And just being a regimented uh, football team. And as a matter of fact, you know, ending the season with uh, their first penalty-free game in, hmm. what, over 10 seasons, wow. I think, against Tennessee Tech in that game that we we won in that last-second field goal. I mean, this is a team that, again, they they know what their jobs are. And they go in and they execute. I mean, that's that's really the best thing that I can say about it. I think that's what Coach Oliver has been able to 
to instill into this team and that, hey, you know, everybody has a role to play and to understand that you have this role. Like you might not, it is the same thing with, with our running back room, right? You have so many different guys that might pop off in a single day. And once one guy is hot, you know, you're going to keep giving the ball to them and the rest of them are on the sideline cheering them on. And when it's their turn, they'll go win. And the next guy will be on the sideline looking to, to cheer them on. And that's the mentality. And that's just the love for each other that they've been able to pull together has been one of the big things. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, this is going to be a, an exciting uh, ball club, a ball game. I'm sorry that we, we expect for it to be exciting. Jackson State, a 15 and a half point favorite, but that has to be bullet and board material if the players at North Carolina Central are even looking at that. But you just look at how this team has played all season. I know one big uh, talking point is how Jackson State looked last season in the Celebration Bowl. There's always this debate about SWAC versus MIAC. Yeah, you dominate the SWAC, you do, uh, you know, but, but when it's time to, <laughs> it has happened over the course of the history let's be honest of, of this game the swag teams dominate run through the, the, their conference but every, when we get to the celebration bowl against me it's, it's a different story so i'm not too sure about that that uh <laughs> that line of 15 and a half but we'll see what happens i know uh, you guys will be ready to play jackson state I, again has a bitter taste in their mouth they also want to send coach prime out on a positive note so something's gonna have to give on saturday and i can't wait to see it yeah, and the the thing is, is that what I've already what I've always told my students about um, sports and about you know we've got a great basketball program in North Carolina Central. We've had a mm -hmm. great football program, and you go into games and you expect to win, right? Because you see this team, they're playing so well. And what I always remind them is that every game there's two teams, mm -hmm. and one of those teams is gonna win. And all that's going to happen is this game is going to be played and one of those teams will win. It's not decided before the game. It's not decided on paper. It's decided during the game. So it all comes down to just going out on Saturday and executing. Good, Good stuff. Good point. Good point. And uh, so, again, we are looking forward to it. Jackson State fans are ready to hit the road. Uh, we love going to Atlanta. Any reason to go to Atlanta, we'll take it, so especially <laughs> if you have a black college football national championship on the line. Uh, what's the buzz like on that end from the fan standpoint? Do we expect a big turnout? A lot of fans in the stands. I mean, expect to see a whole lot of maroon and gray. I mean, I tell you, this Eagle, the Eagle fans and the Eagle alumni could show up. In Delaware, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Houston, Miami, Nashville, Chicago, Dayton, Ohio, Las Vegas. And you're going to find Eagle fans that are going to be there no matter what. I have, it is so impressive everywhere that I've gone to see how well this Eagle contingent travels. And I know that we, <laughs> we bought up a whole lot of tickets in a flash. So I'm okay. looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of maroon and gray there. Absolutely. All right. We are looking forward to it. Well, again, thank you for taking time out to come on our show and let us know about this team that we will be facing. Looking forward to the game. Safe travels and we'll see you there. As always, thanks for the invite. Eagle Pride. And that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. 
We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Video, YouTube, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love.